afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with Beans. As we know, Monday, Wednesday is a Beans solo show. Frank joining the show on Fridays now. He's taking his week to do some other things in the mornings. That's fine. He is a daddy who loves that little girl so much, and I think it's beautiful. So if you've been living under a rock, I'm going to break some news for you. (laughs) Yesterday, Ron DeSantis suspended his campaign for president, in my opinion, a little bit too prematurely, but he made his decision and he endorsed um, who will be the Republican nominee, Donald J. Trump. Um, I have a couple things to say about this. Um, There's a lot of hurt feelings out there on social media and elsewhere. I just want to say something. I know that this seems hard to believe, and I've said it a bunch of times. Social media isn't real life. It's not the real world out there. We spend 90% of our time on socials, so we feel like that's the way it is everywhere. But social media isn't real life. That being said, a very large contingency of voters are on social media. Facebook, X, some other platforms, depending on who they are or where they are um, and what's happened to them in terms of censorship and stuff like that. There are a lot of really, really upset people today. And having stood on a weird, a very, in a very unique position, I will say this. um, Things happened during this primary that were really terrible for a lot of people on, on all sides. And I know, you know, my DeSantis friends get mad at me when I say that this happened to Trump people too, but I've seen it all. And... There were a lot of bigger influencers who were supporting Trump in the primary that came out yesterday and said some really stupid stuff that does not help at all. You need those people. If you want to win the primary for a Republican, you need the people who were supporting DeSantis. 40%, if not a little more. If you want to use Iowa caucuses as your gauge for everything, 40% of the people didn't choose Donald Trump. You need those people, no matter how many minorities you think you're picking up. You need them. And the way to bring them back in the fold is not this. From members of the Trump family. And it's, it's not this. It's not like it's not that it's not this from the New York Republican Club. The New York Republican Club firmly and unmistakably rejects DeSantis's endorsement of Trump. DeSantis is not and never was an America first candidate. Rather, he's a country club mouthpiece with the neo of the neoliberal wing of the GOP. Come on. That's just absurd. And I just want to say for the record understand the Soros is supporting DeSantis, the Paul Ryan is supporting DeSantis, the Bushes are supporting DeSantis stuff that you were all told was a lie. I It's not true. It never was true. It was primary politics at its ugliest. And that stuff is not true. Don't be fooled by DeSantis's appeal to the MAGA movement. He represents nothing more than a reversion to the establishment Republican Party. That's nonsense. Look at Florida. It's complete and utter nonsense. All I'm going to say is this. 
Treat your fellow countrymen the way you wish to be treated. Don't go out there and, you know, you're on the same team. That stuff is not doing anything to help people who literally, I have, I have people who have literally been doxxed and attacked in real life by people who claim to support Trump. And you cannot win without them. You cannot win. So make your choice either like this purity test stuff. I don't care. I knew when I said that I was supporting DeSantis for president what would happen. I knew it because I know how polarizing things are. But I always say what I feel. I don't lie to people. And I'm not going to be afraid to say how I feel. I'm just not. And I still believe we need accountability. And I'm going to do my best to make that happen with a different nominee. I'm going to do my best, me, little old me. But that was very important to me, as you know. But this is not this is not it, guys. Charlie Kirk saying Ron DeSantis should have to raise the $120 million he spent on his campaign and give it to Trump. Thank God he dropped out. What the hell is that? It's not it. So let's all stop it. Let's just all stop it. It's just, it's stupid. Like, what's the flex for? Like, what are you really doing? It's stupid. This whole purity test thing is stupid. We're allowed to have different decisions and different opinions in a primary. Like, this whole loyalty test thing is stupid. It's just not, it's just dumb. Like, I don't pledge loyalty to politicians. Not Ron DeSantis, not Donald Trump. I will never do that. If that means that I'm not a part of your little club, okay, whatever. I don't care. (laughs) So let's just um, make sure that Nikki Haley is relegated to the dustbin where she belongs. And then I'm never one and I never have ever told anybody how to vote and I'm not going to start now, okay? I'm not going to start now. But... Just everybody use your noggin for 2024 and for, you know, moving up to 2024. And understand that Ron DeSantis was never your enemy. It was a primary season. He was made out to be your enemy and a lot of people ate it up hook, line, and sinker without even a shred of due diligence. And I wish that that didn't happen because it just showed how easily led and swayed everyone is. Ron DeSantis is not your enemy. Nikki Haley sure is. But Ron DeSantis was not your enemy. He never was your enemy. Never. And that's what I have to say about that. So let's move forward now, understanding that it was a primary and you need to all just understand that a lot of what was said was just not true. Sorry, but it wasn't. Now we have to move forward. And that's what we should all do is move forward. However that best feels to you. If you are one of the people that I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people saying, we will never, we are leaving the Republican Party because it's not Republican in their opinions. We will never, ever, ever vote for Donald Trump ever again. Okay. Um, Tracy was full MAGA, now backing DeSantis. Loyalty to MAGA, Failed kind of brutal, considering what's at stake. Maggot to the finish line. I don't um understand the comment. I was, I don't know why and when this whole MAGA thing also got turned into something about a person. Like, I feel like 
there were people who wanted to make America great again who weren't like that part of it. I don't I'm not labeling myself. Someone asked, how do we reach people that say they will never vote for Trump, in your opinion? I don't know that it'll ever um, change. I don't know if it's possible at this point, at least not the people on social media. Kindness would go a long way and stop with this infighting. The one thing I'm happy about. Um, the one thing I'm happy about and kind of feel relieved about, hopefully, is that this horrible, nasty, horrible back and forth can end and there can be some peace at least and people can start to focus on that, that you know, the important things again. Um, outside of just taking a giant dump all over your friends, like that part of it, I'm really excited for. Need to have a drink. It's not liquor, I promise. It's just water and my electrolytes. So, I don't get the gloating. Um, I certainly wouldn't have been gloating if DeSantis had won the primary. Just me. I can only speak for myself. And yeah, to, to the people in, in the chat, like there are, there are a few of you. I've been I've been happy about like all the private messages I've gotten, but the way that this was weaponized and people were so unable to acquiesce that other people had a different choice. Like I never came out and said a bad word about anyone who decided they were going to vote for Trump. I didn't I didn't have any ill feelings towards those people because that's their choice. I just I truly didn't harbor that inside myself. There are some people who are here just to berate me. You're not changing my mind. I felt the way I felt. It doesn't matter to me if you say I'm disloyal or you call people names or like, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Like, you're not changing my mind. That's the thing. The time for the debate about changing my mind was months and months and a year ago even when I said, hey, this is concerning. Can we talk about it? And you guys said, you were disloyal and took a job. Like, okay. Having a thinking brain and and criticizing things and wanting things to change does not make me disloyal it makes me a good american so okay anyway moving right along This is um, something that is not going to matter because no amount of liberals or not even liberals, progressive Democrats coming out to vote for Nikki Haley is going to matter. Okay, I really don't think that there is anything that will save this woman. We are all united in the fact that Nikki Haley is useless, lying, real actual rhino. She's terrible. Everybody knows it. I don't think even if 20 or 30,000 liberals came out and voted for her, it would make a difference, especially not now. <laughs> but there is a concerted effort by Democrats to come out in open primaries and vote for Nikki Haley.
3,500 Democrats, I think, in New Hampshire came um, undeclared before the October deadline. And they're only coming out to vote for Nikki Haley because they don't want Donald Trump to win. It's a it's an exercise in futility, especially with Ron DeSantis out of the race. She's terrible. She needs to go away. She's going to do so poorly in South Carolina. Like everybody sharing the polls that showed her at like 30% in South Carolina. They're just not sane. Trust me. I live here. I know. (laughs) She's terrible. Oh my gosh. But she's got, I mean, the only people voting for her are Democrats. Dana White, I mean, I love these press conferences because the F-bombs, they fly. They fly like crazy. And we're going to take some calls, too, if you guys want to call in in about 15, 20 minutes, probably. But watch this. Watch what Dana White does to a Canadian journalist because his press conferences, he lets his athletes say what they want to say. Here we go. About, like... You obviously give a long leash to your fighters about, you know, what they can say when they are up there with a UFC microphone and you are getting into territory of homophobia, transphobia. Like, is there... I don't give anybody a leash. Well, I'm saying you... A leash? I'm... St- like Free speech. When... Control what people say. Going to tell people what to believe. Going to tell people... I don't fucking tell any other human being what to say, what to think, and there's no leashes on any of them what is your question i was asking that question i'll move on though yeah uh, probably a good idea you just, that's ridiculous to say i give somebody a leash free speech brother people can say whatever they want and they can believe whatever they want if about like yeah he's not telling his people be quiet don't say that you're gonna hurt our brand He's letting people say what they want. And it seems to be working. I mean, if you don't like what someone says, don't support them. Wow, this one little jug is causing so much of a problem with my camera and my green screen. And I want to go through this series of videos with you that Darren Beatty just released, courtesy of Thomas Massey, the person that we all called a rhino. Well, not me. That was called a rhino for the past, I don't know several months for no reason that guy hold on I'm chatting I'm in the chat because there's somebody saying something that's just not true um this is video of the of the pipe bomb the pipe bomb being placed and discovered on January 6th the pipe bomb that put Kamala Harris in in imminent danger that one or whatever and you can see he he narrates this somebody runs across the street and finds it the first clip shows that approximately 105 a man in a backpack approaches a Metro PD SUV and a black Secret Service SUV informing them of the pot pipe bomb's presence. Interestingly, recent reports from uh, Steve Baker reveal that the man in the backpack is actually a plain clothes police officer. 
After being informed of the pipe bomb, and we have video to correspond with this, it doesn't have sound, so I'm not playing it right now because we're doing an audio podcast also. But at the beginning, after being informed of the bomb, feet away, the Metro PD authorities, who are technically on the Secret Service detail, take over a minute before they even bother getting out of their car. Now things are really getting weird, says Darren Beatty from Revolver. Take a look at this clip and note how casually the Metro PD and Secret Service operations lounge about after being informed of the pipe bomb feet away. There's absolutely zero concern for their own safety or that of their protectee, VP Kamala Harris. Toward the end of the clip, you see a pedestrian walk by. They didn't warn him there was a bomb feet away. Incredibly bizarre and damning. It's all very weird. And we just got word today also, or over the weekend, I should say, that he... They deleted 100 encrypted files or something right before the Republicans took power because they didn't want them to see them and they don't follow any rules and they're lawless, which is true. They are. This whole thing was basically set up, this whole pipe bomb. So if they set this up, as we can see by the video, very, very strange, someone needs to answer questions about it, then what did, what else did they set up? What else was planned? Hmm. J6 is far from over. And again, even though all of what I said in the beginning is true and my reasons that I wasn't, that my primary choice, I never stopped covering election integrity. This is the one thing I want to say. I never stopped covering election integrity. I never stopped having my publication publish a bazillion stories about January 6th. I never stopped saying that Donald Trump was being persecuted by... Um, with these criminal indictments. All those things remain true. All of them. I was never one of those people who was like, well, J6 was... No. Mm -mm. The truth is the truth. End of story. I, I don't change my view of the truth based on who I support as a political candidate. Like, this is the thing I want people to... The attacks that I've gotten over that, that stuff, like, you're not doing anything. What are you talking about? I'm not doing anything. Yeah, you're right. I just sit around with my thumb up my ass all day long. I don't do anything. It's 100% true. Run with that. Um, Fetterman, whoever's treating Fetterman, guys, whoever's treating John Fetterman or treated him, I, I haven't heard enough just yet, but I'm almost ready to say that he would have been better than than Oz. Let's listen to what he says here on CNN. Because obviously a lot of progressives on Twitter. Hold on. Listen to this. Because obviously a lot of progressives on Twitter have been attacking you for your position on Israel, uh, for noting that, in your opinion, um, saying that there is a crisis at the border does not make one uh, xenophobic. Um, why do you think you've been so criticized by so many progressives? I honestly don't understand. I, I don't understand why it's controversial to anybody to decide that you're going to stand with Israel in this situation. I honestly don't understand why it's controversial to say we, we need a secure border. Uh, I've been very clear. In fact, that was weaponized against me as Republicans in my race, that I'm very much a, a strong supporter of immigration. And, you know, my, my wife's family, I, that's the uh, Oregon story about that. 
Uh, and I think two things can be true at the same time. You can be very supportive of immigration, but we also need to have a secure border. And I really, uh, I think about immigration is we want to provide the American dream for any uh, migrant. But it seems very difficult when you have 300,000 people showing up encountered at, at our border to do that. And I think we need to, to re, do a reset and we have to work together uh, and develop uh, a new comprehensive solution to that. And that would also unlock a lot of the critical aid for Ukraine. Again, we cannot forget about Ukraine. That's that's critical uh, for Israel and Taiwan. That's a very important kind of standard that we have to maintain, that we're going to support and stand with our allies. I, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't agree with everything he just said, but is he not just speaking more fluently? You remember when he couldn't even get a sentence out? It's just very weird. Somebody in the chat asked about the Fannie Willis thing. That is going to end up being a very big problem for the people that brought those charges against all those folks in Georgia. I'm watching that very carefully. She's basically admitting this stuff. The divorce records, I think, will be unsealed. There is a hearing coming in February. That is going to end up being a very big problem. Whether or not the entire case gets dropped, I don't know. We're going to, I, I don't know. That was one of the bigger ones that they were hanging their hat on. The one I'm very concerned about is Jack Smith in D.C., even though he's even pissing off the judge in that case. Um, I am very concerned about it, though, because somebody who is tangentially connected to Donald Trump or even just shows a little sliver of support for him in D.C. is thrown away into the slammer with sentences that murderers don't even get, okay? The fact that anybody thinks for a second that Donald Trump is going to be able to walk in and have a trial in front of a D.C. jury and not be convicted, it just boggles my mind how anyone could think that. It's it's something that we've been talking about for a long time and we're going to need to understand how to maneuver around. It's going to happen. Unless the trial gets thrown out, he's going to be convicted of something. I don't believe he did. I He's innocent of it, but the D.C. juries are... There's just, you're not going to find, you're not going to find somebody who will not decide to put him away. You're not. And then the appeals process will go on and all of that. And, you know, who knows what the future holds. But people shouldn't be jaded into thinking he's going to skate by on that one. Not because he's guilty of anything, again, but because... We know what D.C. juries are like, and they're not fair, and I'm biased. And um, it, it's just something that we're going to have to work. We're going to have to figure out how to work through, like strategically. It's it's got to it's we've got to do it. But anyway, Fetterman on on immigration. He's he's speaking fluently. You know, he said Oregon story, but he meant origin. I think he just mispronounced it. Um, I didn't listen to this yet. I have two clips on the show today that I didn't listen to before I'm playing them. This one is from Josie. She says, he doesn't lead with make sure you have food and water. He leads with make sure you have a radio with batteries. You are not their priority. Controlling the narrative is. Expect a controlled takedown of the power grid and internet in the future. Now, I don't know. I'm not one of those people that does the, we're all going to be in trouble because I believe that we need to live our lives every day 
and um, living your life in fear is just not the right way to do it. In my opinion, I don't like to do that. I don't like to be scared every single day about what's going to happen next because we literally only have control and power over this moment happening right now. Like what I just said three seconds ago, that's over. We have control over right now. Right now. Um, but let's take a listen to this real quick. You need to have water, you need to have uh, a, a radio on batteries, and you need to have a, a, a flashlight on, on batteries to make sure that you can survive the first 36 hours. Things like that. That's simple things. But it starts there. The, the realization that not everything is planable, not everything is going to be honky-dory in the next 20 years. I'm not saying it is going wrong tomorrow, but we have to realize it's not a given that we are in peace. And that's why we have the plans. That's why we are preparing for a conflict with, uh, uh, with Russia and the terror groups, if it comes to it, if they attack us. We're not seeking any conflict. But if they attack us, we have to be ready. I have a question for everybody. It's going to sound really weird. The chat can respond if they want to. If you were somebody who lived on a homestead that your family had passed down to you for hundreds of years in the middle of the country somewhere with acres and acres and acres of land and you lived off the grid and you tended your farm and you tended your flock and you fed your family and whatever. Sometimes, maybe occasionally, you travel down to the grocery store 20, 30, 40 miles away to pick up some essentials. But basically, you were self-sustainable and you lived on this homestead. Would you have any, no TV, no internet. Would you have any idea in your own place that there was a conflict going on across the world? Would you live that way? Would you live knowing like you would have no clue how would your life be I know this sounds crazy just wrap your brain around it for a second you wouldn't know that there was Ukraine going to war with Russia and Israel and Hamas you wouldn't know any of that you would be completely disconnected from it living your own life out on the plains tending your homestead and um doing what you do and how do you think your life would be not that you turn everything off and don't pay attention I'm just trying to tell everybody that there is a way to have an existence that is not surrounded by this fear. People do it all the time. And they're relatively happy in their lives. Relatively happy. Yeah. It just doesn't enter your experience. And because it doesn't enter your experience, you don't consume it as your experience. You're, 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 and it never becomes your experience ever. Just a thought. This interview is something else. I almost want to play the entire thing. Moms for Liberty, Moms for Liberty had an event in New York over the weekend um, to talk about, you know, not having pornographic materials in school, the quality of children's education. Um, and they were obviously attacked as a right-wing, neo-Nazi, crazy, conservative, lunatic group. Let's, let's watch some of this. This is something else. 
Here, Joy Reid with that hair, I don't that you have and other Moms for Liberty advocates have to decide that a book, an award-winning book like All Boys Aren't Blue isn't appropriate for students to read. What, what is your expertise? A, what a tragic story of a young man who's annually raped by his adult family member. So you have incest, rape, pedophilia. Joy, you said you'd let me answer, so sure. I'm going to answer Please for do. you. Um, in what context is a strap-on dildo acceptable for public school? Just let, I mean, that's my question mm -hmm. to you. Tell me what the context around the strap on dildo or the rape of a minor child by a teacher. Hold on a second. No, no, no. no, no. no wait, We're talking on. about no, public no, no. school. One, one moment. All right. So now you've asked me questions. Sure. Well, and I'm going to answer it. Okay. Well, who is the main character? What's the name of the main character in All Boys Are Blue? You're asking me right now. You just gave me very specific information about this book, so you're presenting yourself as somebody expert. It's the gentleman. Hold on. The main, to, who's the main character in the, the book? The main character is the author. Who's the, what's his name? George, I believe, is his first because name. Because you're giving me very specific information that is presenting yourself as You're asking me to remember the name of an author. You the just name remembered of the author very specific name. Joy. Here's my We're question. We're talking about Here's track. my question. You didn't answer my no, question. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to answer Great. your question. Great. I would love to hear that. Absolutely. Well, I, you, I'm interviewing you, and you're not interviewing me, so let's just make sure it's a conversation, okay? Okay, great. What I'm saying to you is that as you are not an expert in this book, I don't have to be an expert to know that dildos aren't appropriate for public school. I mean, this book is a full context story, as you said, of the author's experience. Why is it your right or a Moms for Liberty activist's right to say that a parent who wants their child to have access to this book, which gives a personal experience, then go out and buy it for them? Why does it have to be in the school library? If a parent wants their kid to have access to that book, they can go out to the store, buy it, bring it home and say, little Johnny, read this book about strap-ons and rape and incest and a teacher molesting a student. Go ahead. Joy Reid, what is wrong with these people? Oh. That they, the why doesn't a liberal parent, for instance, or a parent of an LGBTQ kid, why don't they have a right for their child to just have access to this book? Why is it your right to say they can't? So again, we're talking about incest, rape, and pedophilia. And Boy, each parent, each parent has to decide what is appropriate for their child to read. So I want you to answer. I'm going to ask so you one more a, time: right. What is your right to tell a parent who wants their child, who might feel seen by this story? Why don't oh they gosh. have the right? Why don't they have the right as a parent to say, my child can have access to this book? If a child feels seen by this story, that means that they have been uh, the victim of a predator. That means that they have either been raped by a family member, they, they, they've experienced um And your proof of that is what? You just said that What's the your child feels seen by this story. You're now making this assumptions. Is, this, is, no, this is ridiculous. This entire thing is ridiculous. Tiffany Justice is doing such a fantastic job in this very, very, very contentious interview with a woman who wants kids to be able to... Sure, <laughs> no, no. But if a Let child has been raped, we should do a lot you better than put a book on a library Now you're literally shelf. creating we a story behind a child that you don't know. Let me show you a form. This is a form that can be obtained in Broward County, Florida. Okay. I'm going to show it to the audience, and then I'm going to show it to you. This is oh, called. Oh, did you all, yeah, please. I'm did you all get these. to read that? Did you all get to read that? She showed it to you. Hold on. Let me hold up my notebook. Do you, can you read what's on the screen here, guys? Can you see? Everybody, look at it. I'm going to show it to the audience. 
unbelievable. It's called the opt-out form. Okay. An opt-out form would allow any parent, because you said you are in favor of parental rights. I am. It would allow any parent to opt out of their child being able to take books out of the library without their parents' permission. Okay. So that moms for liberty, why not advocate that every school in America have an opt-out form? So I'll tell you why. I don't know how she answers this, but I'll tell you why. Because they don't send the form home. The form gets lost. They put other language in the form so that when the parent signs it, they're signing away something else. That a parent who doesn't want their child to access a book like All Boys Aren't Blue, right. that they can make that choice. Because then each parent, including a liberal parent, a black parent, a parent who wants their child. And, and thank you, Joy, for, for telling us that liberal parents are the ones who want their kids to be reading about strap-on dildos and anal sex at school. That was, thank you to read a book about African-American history. We, they want, get all, their we want children to read books. Why not just American opt history, out so. for yourself rather than tell other parents what they can and cannot? First have of all, I read. think what you're talking about here is a wonderful step in the right direction. Um, we should be having conversations about this. This is about local control. Mm -hmm. A lot of these decisions are made at, made at the local school board level. Mm -hmm. And that's where these decisions should be made. And there should be vibrant conversations sure. about what's happening in our public schools and what kids have access to. Joy, however, mm -hmm. maybe we could just put all the books with all the graphic sexual content. The dildos, the rape, the... I'm sorry. Let's do I'm a, so sorry. Let's do excuse a back me, room. Excuse me. Let's excuse put a curtain up me. in the library First of like all, they used hold to on. do One moment, the video one moment. Stores. Remember the when we were little moms and you go to the video store? The books that moms for and they liberty. Put those books the books that moms she won't let her as soon as she starts to make a substantive point about why pornography shouldn't be able to be checked out of a children's library you see what she does she interrupts her because you can't have common sense this is what i always say the reason for censorship is because our ideas are really really damn good our morality is really 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 high and they do not want that to permeate through and infect the rest of the people who might sit back and say, you know what? I think they're actually right. I think it's not a good idea that maybe we put these books out for kids to check out at the library in elementary school. Maybe instead, we should have kids focus on writing, reading, and arithmetic, reading materials that are age-appropriate, that are not shoving sex down our children's throats, and that have something to do with I don't know, uh, Bobby counting apples on a tree. I, I, I don't, maybe, maybe just maybe. Videos with pornography behind I know that you, I, I've seen, we could just do that in I have seen library. tapes of does what Moms for Liberty does and you all go into school board meetings Joy, and you read graphic stuff. It's a genuine conversation. No, it's not. There is a, there's, America Je used to understand that there's beloved, something called age appropriate beloved, content. Uh, right, and here's my we question have again. Uh, again, movies. again, again. Ruby Bridges Goes to School is on the list of books that Moms for Liberty has attempted absolutely, to have removed. Absolutely it not. It absolutely is. Let me ask about the people who are making the decision for their parents, because you have not answered yet why a liberal parent or an African-American parent can't we have say parents my parents. What, what does it have to do with what an African-American parent? Like they're singling out what kinds of parents like Joy Reid, you are a, you are a waste of space. Like this conversation is she, she lost. She lost badly on this. I don't care if you're an African-American parent or a lesbian parent or a Democrat parent or... A, hmm. She's, this is why I have to stick to this kind of thing and not do this kind of thing because I would never have been as kind as uh, Tiffany Justice is 
to Joy Reid right now. Oh, no, no. We're members One of moment. our organization. But you're still trying to make decisions for all the kids. Here are some of the parents that are filing, uh, or some of the, the, the your advocates. Mm -hmm. Bridget Ziegler, the Moms for Liberty co-founder, the wife of the recently ousted Florida Republican Party chairman, Christian Ziegler, who allegedly was involved in threesomes, same-sex threesomes. Um, Mrs. Ziegler was, a, was removed from the school board at which she was a leader. Um, you've had she wasn't Lauren, removed from the school board. Okay, you have Lauren DePaula. Um, she was making book ban requests. So now, hold on a second. Let me just make a case here. Just stay with me. I know everybody freaked out about Christian Ziegler and said he's a... I, I don't... Even... I think it was... I forget who it was on our side who was accused of, of hitting his girlfriend and everybody politicized that. And I said, let's just... Let's just... You know, if we're going to do innocent until proven guilty, it kind of goes across the board. Joy Reid is attacking... The Zieglers for engaging in an open marriage. Have whatever opinion you want about open marriages. That's that's up to you. Isn't that what they want? Don't they want the the people to have their own opinions and their own freedom about what they do in their bedrooms, whether that's 60 people or two or three or seven or whatever sex they are, gender, right? Whatever. Moms for Liberty is not advocating that adults do not have the ability to consent to activities in their own bedrooms or adults don't have the ability to read pornographic novels or adults don't have the, the liberty to go out and, you know, whatever they want to do. They're advocating on behalf of children. What happens in Christian Ziegler's bedroom has nothing to do with his wife having a standard for what children are exposed to in public school. I don't understand how she thinks that's a, a big W. Like she's basically saying, oh, look, this person did something bad while at the other side of her mouth advocating for that bad thing to continue happening only with people that she agrees with politically. in Alachua County, but then records show that she and her husband didn't live there. They'd sold their home in that county. Carrie Blair in Tennessee, who was um, arrested for property theft charges after allegedly stealing from Target, skip scanning in Target. Why should those three people get to make decisions about what other children should be able to read? Other parents' children should be able to read. Do you know that I served as a school board member from 2016 to Are you going to answer my question? Yeah, I'm because going we don't to. have an endless time. Joy, I'm going to answer your question, but mm -hmm. I need you to understand that when I was an elected representative I would sit on that dais mm -hmm. and how dare I sitting there as an elected representative judge a parent when they would come to the podium to speak and advocate for their child because as we started this conversation mm -hmm. we'll end it every parent has a fundamental and right so to direct the upbringing of the so children. Let's make and sure I would not we can stand in judgment about a parent's education their sexual orientation their race their religion parent, that is I'm done with this It's just, I don't understand why they think that's a good hill. Like, why they think having pornographic books in elementary schools is a really good hill for them to stand and die on. Immigration. A migrant who illegally, I'm just, I'm just ending that and moving forward. I don't even want to continue. It's, it's just asinine. 90% of the people I know don't think that their children should be able to go into the library at their elementary school and check out a book 
that shows anal sex, people with dildos, porn, talking about BJs and everything else. I, I mean, I just it's just it's it's part of the decay of the moral fabric of this country. And we have to do better. Um, and I think that the minority has has been for years propped up as some majority that it is not. We are the majority. That's why the censorship has happened. That's why all of this has happened again, because our ideas are moral and right. And we are a, we are a people of God. We are um, for the most part, the majority are they believe in a higher power other than themselves. They believe in moral compass and they have a very strong opinion about what is OK for chil- children. Excuse me. Someone asked me how many commercials I've seen over the past uh, several weeks. And I said, I don't watch television. I have no idea what kind of commercials are going out there. I do know that anytime I have the television on, nine of ten of them are pharmaceutical commercials (laughs) for drugs that cause more problems than the original drug you, uh, the original problem you're treating or cause the problem you're taking the drug to treat, which is just crazy to me. Um, Anyway, this is a 19 second video of a migrant who illegally crossed into the United States, threatened the journalist because he asked, the journalist asked where they came from. Please, by the way, if you are smart enough, you will know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. Very easy. Ah, Very easy. (laughs) The the entitlement, the entitlement. No, believe me, I'm much better than that. The entitlement, guys. Wow. Mm. And this. That was a case about a mile upstream from Shelby Park where we met a pair of migrants named Edwin and Wilmer from Guatemala who say they were looking for another area to cross where they wouldn't be immediately arrested. Ahora, ¿cuál es el plan? What's your plan right now? To go look for border patrol? So what they just said is that they're walking along the border here. They're looking for border patrol agents so that they can uh, surrender to them. Uh, they're going to keep going upstream here. Uh, obviously, they can't cross here because of the barbed wire. Those responsible for the enforcement here say it's working, with numbers of crossings dramatically dropping. But for migrant advocates and Eagle Pass residents like America Garcia, this scale of operation is just too heavy-handed. I would not have expected that this was possible in a democratic uh, country. We're not a de- we're we're a constitutional republic. I I am so tired of the 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 basic lack of civics. It's why I advocate for the primary process so hard. It is not the case that 50, 51% of the people should decide for 49% of the people. Ever. That's why we have a representative form of government in this country. Did you hear what he said? He's looking for the Border Patrol agents so that he can come in looking for them. I want to see armed troops at the... The whole purpose for our armed forces is to protect our country. Get on down there. Get on down there. Unbelievable. I have some other stuff. I have, um, let me see. What do I want to do? 
Oh. The Patriot Front Group marching through New York City? Yeah, we all know what that is. <laughs> we all know what that is. We have Bill Gates and vaccines. We have a cancer vaccine. We have, uh, what did I put down at the end here? Oh, disease X. Let's talk about that for a second. And then I think I'm actually going to end a little bit early today. Disease X. This whole thing, um, Dr. Finn, Lynn Finn here, who is someone I, I respect quite a bit, basically is, is talking about disease X. And she's saying, listen, I'm just going to read what she said. It's, it's very poignant. The truth is somewhere in the middle. The sides must come together and recognize their limitations. There are vaccine-injured people that need solutions, recognition, empathy, and recovery. Was there a virus? Yes. Was there an engineered virus? Were there engineered viruses that leaked or intentionally released before 2019? Yes. Were there excess? Was there excess death in 2020 from the virus? No. What little there was was it from inaccurate treatment to or lack thereof and fear? Yes. Are there unidentified respiratory viruses every year that cause excess death? Yes. If you ID one of them, give it a name, a fear porn media campaign, perpetually flash flawed death and case data, perpetually fear-based testing, lock down the economy and implement deadly standards of care in hospitals, would it appear there was a pandemic? Yes. Is there now a pandemic of the vaccinated? Yes. Could it all have been avoided if humans weren't pulling the strings? Yes. Yet here we are. Understand the psychological manipulation that occurred so it doesn't happen again. Look to the clinicians of reason that pro prove themselves for solutions in the future when they try this crap again. And don't comply with their non-consensual human trials going forward. Try to channel your inner critical thinker. If it stinks, don't allow yourself to be gaslit. Free donuts, fries, rent, run. Disease X is fear porn. Anything they throw at us, we can mitigate. Live life and be happy. And I'll end with this for everybody today, guys. We cannot memory hold what happened because we can learn so many valuable lessons from it. And one of the lessons that I think many people have learned out there that I think everybody should take with them as they move forward is the only way that anybody can ever take your freedom from you is if you give it to them. That remains true no matter what the situation. If you give away your freedom, they will take it. Hold on to your freedom. You are the one who has control over your freedom. Nobody else does. You alone. You have control over every decision you make. You have control over whether or not you willingly give away your freedom. Don't give it away. And that means your freedom over fear. And I keep on saying this today, but it's true. Do not live your life in fear. It is a negative emotion that keeps you down in the basement, unable to experience any joy which is exactly how human beings are meant to be living on this planet in joy and love. It is just the way it is. You feel amazing when you're happy. You feel amazing when you're in love. You feel amazing when you're spreading that around to people. You feel like absolute dog crap when you're fighting, arguing, trying to get someone else to see, you know, that you're right and they're wrong. Um, living in fear of something that you have no idea if it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. You have the now moment. Choose to live it in joy and love and peace. And do not give your freedom away, no matter what anybody says to you. It's just not worth it. Thank you guys all for tuning in today. We will be back on Wednesday with another episode of Dark to Light with Beans on Wednesday. Beans, I love all of you so much. Let's get back to work. 
and uh, I'll see you guys on Wednesday.